Hello, everybody. I'm Hamish, a long-suffering Essendon supporter. Joining me, as always, is Amos, the Hawthorne supporter, and this is the Line in the Sand podcast where we talk everything Aussie rules footy with a special focus on the Essendon uh, Hawthorne football clubs. How are you this evening, Amos? Jeez, Hamish, you're sounding very down in the mouth for someone who should be high as a kite. This week, uh, Bombers uh, had an upset victory. There's another grand final on the horizon. Mm. I don't know about an okay. upset fixture. I tipped the Bombers this week. Don't tell me you're going all modest on me, <laughs> playing it down. I, I, I was just working up to um, I, I was working up to talking about how mathematically we're still a chance of um, <laughs> winning the grand final, and you know, plenty of other teams have come back from three and ten and made the finals before. So um, you know, we're we're still a chance. Oh, there you go. So and, you know, rising star nominations. It's all it's all going on at Bomberland. <laughs> Yes, it, it ha- it's fair to say it has been a, a big week for the Bombers with um, wins across the board. Um, I um, Yes, I, I will have a lot to talk about later. And yes, Ben Hobbs um, living up to expectations and, um, you know, rising star nomination there. It's, it's been a very exciting weekend. And as you said, more importantly, um, we've got, um, they've started uh, work on expanding the trophy cabinet out at Tullet Marine um, in anticipation of another... Um, trophy to go in there in a couple of weeks well, i'll tell you what after results at uh, box hill city oval i'm very glad that uh, i'll be in uh, sunny queensland while that grand final goes <laughs> on because you may very well be unbearable <laughs> <laughs> yes um look I, I i will leave the discussion about that to later but it's fair to say it was a great result out at windy hill on sunday morning there i was out there watching it and um they dominated and um Look, you know, if they play the same way, if they play the same way they did, then there is no team in the VFLW that could beat them, and um, yeah. be interesting to see what happens in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But you yeah. know, straight stranger things have happened. Um, I still but, remember that under sixteen cricket season where my team was <laughs> undefeated all season and then lost the grand final. So yes, um, I just yes. hope they don't get too ahead of themselves. Funny things have happened. That's right. But uh, mm. sounds like they're peaking at exactly the right moment. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. for the rest of us, they've peaked already. <laughs> <laughs> yes um look it, it's it's good signs for the um the you know they've only got a month or so off before they're back training again so there won't be much of a um it might be a mad oh. monday but there certainly won't be a post-season holiday for half oh, the right. um list have got to come back and start playing again in august even less i would have thought was it first mm. week of july is the grand final and then back into it last week of august so yeah if they get a month off they'll be lucky i reckon mm. it's premier league style yeah pretty much it's like okay you finish start again <laughs> Mm. Yeah, exactly right. We'll mm. just wind you up and off you go. So, yeah. mm. yes. No, well done. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Or should I say all the best, but not the best <laughs> <luck>. <laughs> Yes, yes. That, that's probably a safer way of putting it for you, isn't it? That's right. Um, yeah. As they say, a week's a long time in football. Um, although, first, uh, I want to start first with some of the gruesome injuries we've seen over the last weekend. Um uh, a bit sad for um, Waitman and Powell. They look like they might have. Uh, well, um, you know, Waitman came back on and played in the game there, but um, yeah, Powell looks like he's got an extended um, stint on the sideline with what happened to him. Yeah, I was uh, lucky or unlucky enough to be watching both of these as they happened, and uh, Cody Waitman uh, deserves a bit of credit for. Uh, I think he was off the ground for about eight minutes with mm-hmm. a dislocated elbow before he came back on the ground, yeah. and the commentary team. Uh, made the call that, you know, most people with a dislocated elbow probably have five or six weeks off work. He's had yeah. eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. So pretty impressive effort. Uh, I've got to hand it to him. Um, 
for getting back out there. He wasn't quite the same, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, in a bit of a war of attrition uh, in that game on Saturday night, he um, probably gave the Bulldogs um, uh, a bit of extra oomph mm. in the second half uh, because the Giants were already down rotations and things yeah. like that. So that could easily have been the difference. Yeah, um, I, I think for me, um, you know, both tough injuries, but I, I'm kind of glad the TV didn't replay it. They didn't go over it at nauseum. Yeah. I don't think stuff that any of us need to see on the television. No, well, they showed the Waitman one a couple of yeah. times. Uh, and admittedly, you know, it doesn't look great, but you can probably visually deal with that yeah. better because all you can really see is is a bone or, you know, not quite where it should be. Yeah. Um, and they did put it in back on the, did put it back in, on the ground. Mm. Uh, however, the um, uh, the willpower one for the Gold Coast, um, yeah, no one's foot should be at right angles. Yes, I, I saw I saw <laughs> a photo like I saw a photo of that on Facebook. I didn't watch that game. Um, yeah, I watched some highlights afterwards, which uh, will um, in the replays, but they didn't show that um, the same sort of thing in the replay either. No. Um, but yeah, that poor guy, he's not going to be playing uh, again this season. So um, no, and you yeah. dare say he probably misses next season or most of yeah. as well. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, hopefully. He has some wise counsel about uh, trying to get back too soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. It may well be best just to have next year off and have 18 months yeah. to get a full recovery. And um, yeah, it's probably not what he wants to hear, but uh, you see so many players who break their legs yeah. uh, badly yeah. and think, well, it's not an ACL, so I'll get back within mm. eight months or whatever for next year. And um it goes sour because they just haven't allowed that proper healing time. Yeah, yeah. Given yeah, it, was to go back. yeah. Given it was a combined fracture and dislocation of the ankle, yeah. there's some serious yeah. damage there that you want to make sure um, is here both healed, but then put the strength back into it as well before well, you. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think that's it. I remember listening to a podcast. Oh, it was a while ago now. But, um, Barry Stodham mm. from you know, Geelong champion went through a similar thing. He said that we, yeah, he did it in round. 14 or 15 and tried to get back for finals mm. uh, and almost couldn't kick the footy. Um, managed to get back, but it just shouldn't have, in his words, should have just written off the year, you know, yeah. come back next year. So, um, and Nathan Brown's said similar for his in 2004. Um, I was there that night too. That was bloody awful. Even from the other end of the ground, it was bloody awful. That one. So yeah I, yeah, I watched that one on TV. I wasn't there, but yes, that didn't look great either. Oh, it was yeah. Hideous, but yeah. uh, anyway, it is the sport we play, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hopefully, there's uh, a couple of success stories coming back. And there's always three of these things, Hamish. Always, yeah. Um, this one's hasn't had quite the same um visual coverage of it, but uh, you know, um, Brisbane Lions legend Luke Hodge. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Um, uh, it was made his comeback first game he's played since 2019 in a local club down the southeast and um, has uh, broken his finger. Actually, no, I think it was just dislocated, but um, it it's pretty it, ugly, though. Yeah, the um, the bone has protruded outside the skin, and um, yes, yeah. he's um, ended up in the he, it was supposed to be a cashy, a sportsman's night out there, and he's uh, ended up in the emergency room. That's it, worst uh, injury he's had in 20 years of football, I reckon. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's uh it's amazing these things always happen in in patches don't they you know, you have yeah a glut of 
uh, three or four. So hopefully, uh, now that we've got nine games next week, thankfully yeah. we've got rid of the buys. Uh, the uh, yeah, all the boys get out there and, and play safely. So yeah, and girls as well in their respective yes. leagues. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it's um, amazing how it just happens yeah. in a bunch. Yeah, let's move on to something a bit more positive and a bit more um, upbeat. Um, did you see the footage of um, Alex Davies from Gold Coast's um, grandfather firstly watching the game, like flying yeah. over from Japan to watch his first AFL game and then um, in the rooms afterwards seeing the club song in the circle? Pretty much flew in on the day, as far mm. as I'm aware. And I may yeah. mention on the commentary, and I must admit, I just sort of tuned in sort of halfway as I was talking about it, but it sounded like, he either flew in on the morning and was at the game in full kit, which we've seen yeah. photos of, or arrived in full kit, one or the other. Yeah. I mean, if he arrived in full kit straight off the uh, straight off the plane, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, great. And Alex Davis himself is uh, putting together a few weeks of some pretty decent football. So yeah, um, one to look out for for your fantasy teams. But uh, um, oh, it's a brilliant story. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> And it was actually the footage of like, his mum or his sister or something in the crowd trying to explain the game as it's going on to, to their grandfather's quite humorous as mm. well. Yeah. Yeah. You, you like to see more of that wholesome content because um, I'm moving on to something that's not quite as wholesome now. Um, do you reckon Collingwood let Jordan Degoe go to Bali just so they could withdraw the contract that was on the table? <laughs> You're a cynic. <laughs> um, Look, given their recent history of contracting players who absorbent mm-hmm. wages, there's a, every possibility. Yeah. Uh, look, I think uh, Adam Ramanaskis came out and said it best. Who cares if he goes away? Uh, but if you're Jordan Degoe, um, maybe go somewhere a little more low-key and mm. don't go out to the nightclub. Don't get drunk and try and pull off a woman's top, even if she's... um. Even if she's consenting, don't do it. Don't do it on camera and don't try and play all innocent afterwards, given your history. Like, is there a a dumber person off the field than Jordan Degoe? Look, you and I have both admitted to doing dumb things, but I'm not quite sure we've gone this far. Mm. Um, Pretty silly, I would have thought. If I was Jordan Degoe, I would have gone somewhere look there's a great little snapshot on instagram post from uh luke bruce or liam shields today mm. they holidayed together in queensland at noosa um with a few of the other teammates uh and their respective partners and kids or whatever if you were jordan to go wouldn't you have latched onto something like that and just said look let's just get away and have a couple of beers and chill out by the yeah. pool for a few days and keep it clean yeah which you yeah. know to to be fair maybe he initially thought that's what he was going to do in Bali, but like there, there's, I have like a couple of problems with it. Like he's an elite athlete in the middle of the season. Yes. He's got a week off, but um, you know, that doesn't excuse going on a bender because when you need to perform at that level, even like a couple of days worth of alcohol is going to mm-hmm. impact you and impact your training post that as you're coming back into um football. And then, well, he's like he's just known to make dumb decisions when he's drinking. Yeah, yeah. Look, I have little sympathy, no issue mm. with him going to Bali. Could have gone yeah. wherever. Could have gone to mm. a pizza or yeah, Cancun, whatever. Who cares? Uh, 
but um, just keep yourself on the straight and narrow, surely. Yeah. Especially for two reasons. One, after what happened in New York, and two, uh, you're in a contract year. Mm. Like they, it came out, um, you know, just before we were um, recording this podcast, it came out that, um, you know, he had a four-year, $800,000 a year contract on the table that has been now been withdrawn. Yeah. He'd want he'd want to play damn well for the rest of the year if he wants to get anywhere near close to that. Um, but um, you know, he I, I can't see any club giving him a long term contract now, given that um, you know, not even six months after he's been arrested, he's been in the media again for acting like a dickhead in a nightclub. Mm. Uh, look, I mean, I must admit when I heard the story break, I, I shrugged my shoulders and said, "Well, it's a bit of a, probably a bit of a beat up given mm-hmm. his history." Yeah. Uh, which I think it is. However, uh, it still doesn't sort of excuse the fact that he's made a poor judgment call by going out. You know, yeah. And you think you, probably that's why he went to Bali, thinking if I go to Bali, not in Australia, I'm not going to be yeah. packed, as it were. Uh, you know, uh, mm. and that's but he was like he 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 knew he was being filmed when he made yeah. ridiculous messages <laughs> on camera. I know, that, exactly right. So. Um, yeah, just yeah. go away, have a massage, yeah. have a mm. few mocktails by the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was an interesting game of chicken by his manager, though, because I, I don't think um, Jordan's articulate enough to um, uh, write that statement that, he did, um, <laughs> yeah. that was published on his Instagram profile. I'm guessing that that was a text message from his manager saying, you need to put this out and you need to put this out now as part of the um, yes. contract negotiations just to try and, um, yeah. you know, dismiss it and put that on the table. But um, yes, maybe a slight overreaction from the media, but mm. completely understandable and I'd argue completely newsworthy given the circumstances and given the person that it was. Well, I, I always look at that. I don't necessarily think it's newsworthy given he didn't do anything wrong per se, but given the recent history, mm. that's what makes it newsworthy and that's why it's a silly decision. Yeah. So. Anyway, he was out of bounds, Hamish. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, but he was out of bounds. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I, I, there's apparently two other clubs that are talking to him. One being St Kilda. I'm not sure who the one the other one is. I haven't been able to work that out. But St Kilda, I've seen yeah. on the record, is looking at that. Um, uh, and Nick, I think Rewalt's come out and said I must be on the early edition or on the yeah. couch or something tonight, saying St Kilda with massive conditions should mm. go after him. But if I'm St Kilda, given their track record of uh, yeah. I won't say issues, but recruits that have gone wrong. Yeah. And we can all label a few of them. Andrew mm-hmm. Lovett springs to mind. Um, surely they would just be steering clear, well clear. You'd think so. Because uh, they haven't got an awesome track record of trading in a great talent mm-hmm. who's also a great person. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's my take on the Saints. Saints, yeah. mm-hmm. don't go there. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens um, on Wednesday when Jordy has his meeting with the club, and if there's any further sanctions or what happens from there. No, oh, look, I expect he'll be playing. There'll be some sort of uh, wet lettuce approach. Yeah, yeah. So, see what happens. Yeah. Have you um have you seen the the beat up or the hype um the the hand wringing around the new sports bet ad that four um, high profile AFL journalists agreed to participate in recently. I haven't. I mean, I, I've heard about it, obviously. Haven't mm-hmm. seen it. Wish 
do not wish to see it. I'm sick of seeing mm-hmm. sports betting advertising on my TV. Yeah. Um, and I wish uh, there was a uh, similar to the alcohol and tobacco laws, similar yeah. brought in for gambling. Uh, yeah. Because it's just ridiculous how much is on. Anyway, yeah. uh, that aside, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it's a great judgment call by these people either. However, they're yeah. entitled to earn a crust, and if that's mm. something to do, put uh, Mark Robinson was a bit out of out of uh, bounds by calling Dem- out demanding that Barrett should someone's... resign as the yeah. chair of the media association. As someone who supports alcohol, tobacco, and probably with some of those betting agents, yeah. I'm not sure Robbo can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. mm. can, can come out and say that. So, uh, you know. Uh, I think it's a storm in a teacup, really. Yeah, I, 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 um, I, I think you know. I agree with you about the advertising. I think uh, you know. I say this as a degenerate gambler who does occasionally like to gamble on football. But when you see kids talking about the odds and um, pointing out who's the favourite now and things like that, that that I do have a problem with because you know you can't necessarily make smart decisions about gambling at a young age, and you're not really quite no. understanding what's going on and processing how it all works. I think um, I think they're entitled to be in the ad if they want to, given that the rules don't necessarily preclude them. And, and it's not yeah. necessarily um, going to diminish my opinion of what they're publishing anyway as journalists. And um, yeah, I think um, it was a bit disingenuous of um, Robbo to come out um, <laughs> and attack um Oh, it's Barrett, the way he did. I think it's just more animosity between the two of them that Correct. may have um, pushed that than anything else. Oh, 100%. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I thought both were better than that. However, clearly they're yeah. not. Or Robbo in particular. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, mean, I hate watching, I, mean, I love watching the footy on TV. If I could do it all weekend, every weekend I would. Mm. Uh, but the fact that, uh, you know, there's the in-game advertising of it in prime child time watching yeah uh, it doesn't sit well so yeah. anyway that's another podcast altogether yeah uh yeah speaking of being out of bounds um what do you make of the new proposed out of bounds rule that they're discussing i uh am actually in favor yeah. uh they've got a very good for for a change it's not just something that's been yeah. rushed in on a whim from a pre-season mm-hmm. they've got a great data set from the SANFL, yeah. uh, where it's been in for a few years. Um, and I think, so they've obviously seen how it's worked, how it's evolved yeah. uh, in a uh, yeah, serious competition. Mm-hmm. Um, AFL players have already been using it, obviously, in the reserves teams over there with the yeah. Crows and, and Port. Uh, so that's not going to be a complete surprise. Um, and... Um, I think if they, instead of coming out and saying it's going to be there to speed up the game and do all this, which, do we need to speed up the game anymore? I don't think so. Yeah. However, mm. if they came out and said, we're doing it to take away the ambiguity of the um, insufficient intent rule yeah. and at least give the umpires a chance of getting it right, yeah, um, then I think that would leave the public a lot more satisfied in the explanation. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. Every time we get a rule change, oh, we want to speed up the game, we want mm. less congestion, and yet they've got these rules in place which actually honour congestion by not throwing it in until the two ruckmen have been nominated and all yeah. that sort of bullshit. So, um, 
if they came out and said that, I think the public would be much more accepting of it. Yeah, I um, I like it. I've been sort of having watched quite a few um, VFLW games recently, especially the two finals. Um, they have a rule there where um, you know, it is that similar last touch thing. So if it's kicked or um, handballed over the boundary line and no one else touches it, so there's no like contest or anything or marking contest, then yeah, it goes to the opposition player. Yeah. If if it's um, you know in in our contest and then it goes out of bounds they throw it in i think that's a happy medium that um does take away that um yeah that question of whether it was deliberate or not it's like yeah. you know if it's thumped out of bounds in a marking contest or you're close to the boundary and it goes over yeah throw it in but otherwise yeah. um give it to the opposition and keep the game moving yeah exactly right and one thing you'll see you'll see uh uh you know i remember back when we were kids it was a skill to try and kick the ball 50 metres up the boundary line and have it triple yeah. out. And you might you might see that again yeah. with the opposition knowing that they're um, just giving up field position yeah. uh, because they had nothing to kick to um, versus, um, yeah, just this uh, ridiculous interpretation of what we used to call deliberate. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, that's always been a tricky rule to govern, you know. Mm. So I think uh, if they take this out, it's black and white one of the few black and white rules in the AFL. So, and it gives the umpires a chance. Yeah. And it, it, it comes back to, you know, there being less complaints and um, people being happier about um, what's going on there. Cause they just know the rules. There's less to whinge about. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'll find yeah. something else to whinge about, but um, yeah. yeah. In fact, the horse will never get a hold of the ball for it. Whinge for that all day. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the AFL have done it well, getting on the PR machine halfway mm. through a season and everyone's got nine months to digest it so that when it comes around next year, it's not a complete surprise. And we've yeah. all had our say as we are. Hmm. So. Yeah, I think um, I th- it wouldn't surprise me if we see them trialling it as soon as possible. And um, yeah, I, I hope they bring it in. Yeah. I, I Look, if they brought it in this year, I think it's a bit ridiculous hmm. uh, because, you know, you can't really... It's oh, you can't change the rules mid-season. But Correct. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you know, so I think... Um, yeah, we've all got now until March next year to think about it and get over it and get on with it. Yeah. Let's have a quick look at some of the games. Um, Thursday night, we had uh, Richmond getting over Carlton, 11-15-81 to 9-12-66. Yeah, this was disappointing, wasn't it? Mm, it was. <laughs> I mean, couldn't they both lose? <laughs> exactly. Mm. Uh, yeah, I tipped the Blues by, I don't know, 15 points or something. Yeah. And with... Uh, Martin out and and that he just thought yeah Carlton should uh, should do the business yeah. but uh, alas yeah I tell you what though it shows how good a player Prestier is and um, yeah if he'd had a career uninjured we'd be talking about him in a completely different stratosphere to what he is and I think he'd be um, recognised as an elite of the game instead of just a really good player because he spent so much time out injured and you just hope he can stay on the park now for an extended period of time to prove prove how good he actually is. Uh, I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he's a bit of a barometer for the Tigers. If he's up and going mm. well, the Tigers seem to be. So, um, yeah. yeah, he's never going to be touted as their greatest, but he could be one of the most influential. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, and Carlton, they with Mackay there kicking four, they did their best. Um, they had, um, um, you know, quite a few goal scorers. They just couldn't get it done. Yeah. So they'll be looking to sort of rectify that uh, with some big games coming up um, because, you know, 
once you get to the stage of being finalists, you've got to beat mm-hmm. other finalists. So yeah. uh, perhaps they failed at the first hurdle. Who knows? But uh, yeah. that might be the one they had to lose at this stage to um, yeah, do the business next to week against the Dockers. back done, yes. Yeah. Um, we'll leave the Friday night game. I'll talk about Essendon in a bit. But uh, on Saturday, we had Port Adelaide... 12-10-82, getting over the Swans, 8-11-59. This is a bit of a shock, this one. I think uh, most of us would have tipped um, tipped the Swans, especially with uh, Boak and Robbie Gray out on yeah. Saturday. But uh, they never looked in it after no. about the first 15 minutes, the Swans. Yeah. Uh, Port Adelaide were all over them and managed to kick away, kick away to a pretty good win. Your boy... Todd Marshall just keeps uh, Todd Marshall. He's um back, he's found some up. nice form, hasn't he? He's the most accurate kick in the yeah. AFL this year for goal for yeah. set shots. So uh, mm. suggest you put him in your team every week, Hamish. Absolutely, I've got to start four doing shots that. a week yeah. or four goals. So yeah. Uh, yeah, look, he he played well, obviously, and Port played really well. Um, and uh, yeah, Sydney just looked off the bit. They're a bit of an enigma Sydney this year, aren't they? Mm. Like, they come up with some great performances like they did against the D's. Yeah, and they've run down teams like Richmond, you know, from forty odd points behind, yeah. uh, and then all of a sudden they throw up a performance like that. So yeah. um, I think they're a bit of a head scratcher this year. Yeah, have you seen a more ridiculous two minutes of football than um, what Peter Adams did on the weekend though in this game? <laughs> I think if ever there was a brain fade, that yeah. was it. <laughs> yeah, pushing players, giving them a punch, all those, and what it was two goals in two minutes that he gave away, or just directly yeah. free kicks. It was um, yeah, not Pretty smart. Much. No, not smart. And uh, it'll be two minutes he'll like to forget. I haven't seen. I'm sure he got suspended. I just haven't caught mm. up with it. Um, but uh, he'll have a couple of weeks to think about it. I would have thought. Yes, and I'm sure he got a um a very full and frank um description of um what what was really thought of him by the coach and the um the leadership team on the way back from um Adelaide to Sydney as well. I wouldn't have what he w- he wouldn't have what have been sitting next to anyone on the plane. Oh, I dare say the uh, 360 feet degree feedback would have been well and truly coming his way. Yes. Um, on Saturday after oh, the the twilight game on Saturday um. I reckon the Eagles got closer than I expected. Well, I mean, than anyone expected them to against Geelong. Um, 9-9-63. They still went down, but 12-9-81. I think 18 points was a great result for them in this game. Oh, yeah, it's almost a win, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I must admit, I said to my wife, who was sitting next to me when this game started, I just got a feeling about the Eagles today. Mm-hmm. I texted it to a mate of mine who's a West Coast supporter. Still haven't had a response, but uh, yeah. so maybe he thought I was taking the piss. Uh, but uh, with some of their ins uh, that came back with like, Yo, yeah. uh, Dom Sheed, um, and these types who have had a few weeks in the waffle to, to get up to speed, uh, I thought they were half a chance. Tipped along, obviously. Yeah. How could you not? But um, uh, look, it was a much improved performance. And I know we've got West Coast in two or three weeks' time, and pretty certain that'll be the game where they turn it on and we yep. end up losing to them for, the, mm-hmm. for their second victory of the year. But, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, they can't be that bad in the second half. So they're going to be much better and, yep. and teams are only going to win by 20 points and not 50. Yeah, although um, McGovern's a big loss for them with um, rib injury. So it depends was, on who he's out for. That, yeah, so, that was, he yeah. was pretty unlucky because uh, he just copped Jeremy Cameron's hip, I think it was, yep. just at the wrong, you know, just that all about timing type thing. And um, yeah, it was, uh, you could see he was in a bit of trouble straight away. Mm. So Yeah. 
The uh, the doggies got it done over the Giants, 1911-125 to 169105. Mm, yes, I must say I needed the Giants to win this one. So uh, that leaves me knocked out of our uh, Wimbledon competition and yeah. our tipping to comp homage. But Craig uh, uh, game of footy yeah. parked back to the 80s for some of the scoring. Yeah. End to end stuff, not much defense played by either team. And mm-hmm. uh, goal for goal for a lot of it. Yeah, uh, two two five goal goal scorers for um the Bulldogs with Waitman and um all of his in the first half and yeah. um, Norton kicking five for the game as well. Yeah, and Toby Green with seven at the other yeah. end for um for the Giants. Geez, he played a brilliant game. Toby yeah. Green, he is an absolute jet, as we know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and see, we talked about Jordan go to go before. Everyone kind of forgives Toby Green for being a bit of a dick on the field, and he's done some stupid things. He's yeah. the first to admit that. But at least he doesn't go out getting pissed at nightclubs yeah. and filming, you know, being on camera doing stupid things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that's where sort of that love, lovable rogue kind of comes. And that's the line that Green doesn't mm. cross. So, um, and he's an absolute jet. You'd have 10 of Terry yeah. Green before you had Jordan to go any day. But Exactly. Uh, yeah. If you were picking between the two of them, it's an easy oh, choice. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, the, um, it was a great game of footy to watch Saturday night. Uh, as I said, end to end stuff, and I think forty odd goals kicked for the almost forty goals kicked for the for the night. So yeah, uh, look, the Giants had their chances and were in it probably until you know the last quarter. Um, had a few injuries, unfortunately, a few injuries for both clubs out of this yeah, game. Yeah, so that's the biggest yeah. sort of um, thing out of this game. I reckon that's going to yeah concern some of them. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, even though Waitman came back on the second half, will he play the next couple of weeks? Depending on how the yeah. elbow settles down, I think Dre's done a serious or reasonably serious knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't clear, and Bulldogs weren't saying whether it was a ACL or or not. But that happened in the first couple of minutes of the game, um, and then uh, the Giants lost Bruce in the second quarter with an ankle injury recurrence, yeah. uh, and one of their other boys. Uh, didn't make it out after three-quarter time with a hamstring injury. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a war of attrition, that one. Yes, um, it was um, It was certainly that. But, um, yeah, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see what comes from there with all those injuries and how it impacts both of them for the um, rest yeah. of the year. I, I, I doubt that either of them are going to be playing finals given their form, but, um, you know, they, they're still going to be competitive in other games sort of, um, it'll be interesting to see how those, um, what impact those um, injuries have. Correct. Well, I'm penciling us in for two wins in the next two weeks because we're playing both of them. <laughs> it'll just be 23 goals yep. to 22. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. You won't. You won't have the defence, but you'll get everything else sorted out there. You reckon? That's it. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, now it's time for some me to have a. Did, well, do you want to talk about your um, mid-season review before I um add an extra hour onto this podcast and then have to edit it back? Or do you want me to talk about how good the Essendon Football Club is first? Well, well, well we're probably remiss not to talk about the Gold Coast beating Adelaide first. Oh, sorry. I was getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> I was getting excited. Yes, we should probably talk about that last game of the round. Um, yeah. Well, before, yes, let's um, just say Gold Coast won. Yeah. Uh, they did the business, which is not something we could say consistently of Gold Coast over the journey. Yeah. Um, Adelaide never really looked part of it. No. And enough said. Yeah, you know, Gold Coast, multiple goal scorers, Ainsworth, um, Casbolt and um, Toll and Rankin mm. all scoring three each. When you've got um, three or well, four players scoring three goals each, you know you're doing all right up forward there. Um, 
And yeah, yeah not much more to say. If they can c- continue playing like that, um, they'll win more games for the rest of the year. But um, yeah, you know, the problem is you just don't know the consistency of them. No, that's right. Um, we'll talk about games next week uh, later. But um, yeah, if they win next week and other results go their way, uh, they're a chance to end the week in the eight. Yeah. And uh, they've got a winnable game, albeit away against Port. So, yeah. Now, can I talk about the Vormers? You can. <laughs> I'm going to go and make a cup. And probably a couple of beers, and uh, I'll come back. And, yep. uh, and I'll probably still be talking. Yeah. Off you go. Uh, look, you know, I, I, it's probably the um, most exciting weekend of football I've had in a long time. Um, I might do it a bit differently to what I normally do and, and, and go through the flow of the weekend and how everything um, panned out. So we'll start with um, Friday night. Uh, it's um, a great win by the Bombers. Um, not an unexpected win. We always play well against the Saints. Um, and let's just say they were dominant. They um, St Kilda never looked in it on Friday night. Uh, it, it just um, uh, And there were so many standouts, it's hard to know where to start. But I guess, um, you know, start with Mason Redmond coming off the halfback flank. Probably his career best game on Friday night. 31 possessions. Um, and, you know, this is, that's, that's, you know, his highest possessions, but he's been averaging over 20 all season. So it's just um, a rich vein of form. Jai Caldwell um, was a standout for the Bombers, uh, you know, a, a good pickup there, I think, that they've made. And he's starting to come into some form as well. Um, a lot of contested possession. So he's getting around the ball and he's getting it out there onto other players. Two meter Peters, um, you know, he's probably not going to quite get his Coleman next year, but you know, a fully firing bombers next year, he's, he's certainly going to add a, a Coleman to the um, the war chest um, before his game finished. Uh, you know, another another four goal display. He um, it just w- when they get it to him and when they get it on song, he can take a big mark, and um, he's playing he's playing the best season of his career, and um, you know, Gold Coast will be ruining the fact that they um, they moved him on. There's no doubt. I agree with you. There's no doubt about that. He looks yeah. fitter. He's played much better. Um, and uh, it's good to see. Yeah. And I think the um, biggest thing for me, um, other than, you know, let, let's acknowledge, you know, Ben Hobbs has got, we all mentioned earlier, he's got his um, rising star nomination. He had a great um, game there. So um, well done to him. So, you know, the young players, him and Nick Martin having great games. Um, Stringer, um, you know, started strong um, and had a good game after last week's um, being disappointment. I think the biggest highlight for me, though, um, you know, the two weeks after being picked up in the mid-season draft, um, Massimo D'Ambrosio coming out um, in his um, first game and he smashed it out of the park. He was great. 15 disposals, um, four rebound 50s off the um, halfback flank. He just... Um, you know, he looked he looked like he's supposed to be there, and it was a great result for the Bombers. And um, there, there are at least some exciting things to look forward to, even if they left it a bit late in the year, and we're probably not going to be playing finals. Yeah, I think it was a great result. Uh, not great for tipsters, obviously. However, um, mm-hmm. pretty good game of footy because uh, the Kilda looked like they could sort of mount mini comebacks here and there, and just got snuffed out every yeah. time by the Bombers. Do you think there was a bit of they got a bit spooked by the Spuds game pre-game stuff or like is that just pouring too much into it 
No, I um I don't think that really would have had an impact on either side. I think it's um you know, I think that sort of stuff's important to do and important to talk about. But you know, they the players are professionals, they know that's gonna happen. They sit there, they do their two or three minutes and then just go and play their game. So I don't think mm. that had an impact. I just think um, you know, the bombers came to play and the Saints didn't that night. Yeah, that's pretty fair summation, I think. Mm. Uh, another another team. Did you guys have the buy last week? Yes. So both teams came back off the buy. I think it was. So yeah, I was yeah. going to say next up off. I know oh, the Saints played in Brisbane the week before. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. It's always mm-hmm. interesting to see who does yeah. well straight off the buy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And um, you know, moving on to the VFL Saturday afternoon, uh, another great win for the Bombers, three in a row from from not winning to the start of the season to three in a row. Um, so a great result over Sandringham, um, 15-14-104 to 13-12-90. Uh, in good signs for the AFL-listed players, um, Kane Baldwin kicked three goals. James Stewart, um, they've given up on him in an experiment of him playing in the back line and realised that um, if someone's a forward, you should actually play them down forward. He kicked three goals as well. Um, so, so, you know, they're obviously pressing their case that, uh, you know, if... Um, Peter um, falls over. They they both want to get in there. Or if they want to play two key forwards, he's there as well. Um, Tom Cutler had thirty five disp- um, possessions, so he's um, sticking his hand up to say, "Yeah, I want to be there." And um, in great signs for um, he's come back from injury. Kyle Langford had a um, a solid game with twenty possessions as well. So another great result there, and um, all capped off on Sunday with. Um, the um, dominant display um, from the um, soon-to-be premiership-winning uh, VFLW Bombers side. Um, I, I say that in jest, but, um, you know, if they play as well as they have the last couple of weeks, I don't think there is a team in the competition that they can beat them. Just the professionalism of them, I don't think they're going to get ahead of themselves. They're going to do what they need to do, but they did it easily. It was um, at quarter time, it was one one seven to three points. By the end of the game, it was uh, – you know, where's the score? Sorry, my computer's going slow. It was 11-10-76 to 1-3-9. So, um, you know, 67-point 60, 60, um, win. Uh, it was – they just did it easily. And um, it's – look, it's it's a great – it's a great um, portent for their um, AFLW season starting – uh, later in the year, they've obviously got one more game to get through before then, but they were just dominant everywhere. Um, in terms of dis- disposals, they had t- 272 this, um, to 185. Marks were 66 to 25. Inside 50s were 42 to 24. Um, they actually lost the hitouts and the um, clearances, but uh, just everywhere else around the ground, they just, you know, the... Um, the demons would kick it forward, but then they just rebound off half back and get it forward. Um, the um, you know, co-captains led from the front. George Nenskowen had 25 disposals, seven marks, five clearances, five rebounds, seven tackles, and a goal. Um, <laughs> just reel, reel that off as yeah. if you've been rehearsing it, right? That was very impressive. <laughs> uh, look, she um, she was not like that, but they were the, all the players that have been dominant um, were dominant, and it's the they, they're all um, st- um, um, you know standing up. The other co-captain, uh, Mireille Clifford, eighteen marks, five tackles, and a goal. Um, the 
I mean, I could list off players and players there. Um, you know, um, Amelia Radford, 22 possessions, five clearances and a goal. Alana Barber, 21 possessions, five tackles. Jordan Zanchetta, 19 um, possessions, five marks. Courtney Eugle, 18 marks, five clearances. Joanne Doonan had three goals. Um, Eloise Ashley Cooper had seven marks. They were um, dominant all over the ground. And look, they signs are looking good for... Um, they got a week off now. Um, just let's hope none of them go to Bali and make fools of themselves. Um, <laughs> the grand final is on Sunday, July 3rd at um, ETU Stadium. So down at Port Melbourne at 12.15. And I'll certainly be um, down there watching it, watching the game and looking forward to it. Uh, it uh, it's a pretty tremendous effort, especially because we thought uh, a couple of weeks ago down at Box Hill that it could be a pretty close run thing. Yeah. Given the way that game uh, went, the fact that your girls have uh, won both finals by uh, nine goals or more, yeah, uh, yeah, they deserve a lot of credit. Um, and you know, whether they go on with the business or not, let's hope not. But um, <laughs> I think I, it, yeah. it, it looks promising. Mm. So, yes, so. But uh, they'll either be taking on uh, Casey or the Southern States. Yes. So. Yes. 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 Um, and that'll be a big game. The, you know, the Saints and um, the Demons have both been quality sides this season. Mm. Um, so that, that, that'll be a close game and one to keep an eye on. And um, good luck to them both. Um, but, you know, for next week uh, and may the best team win, but they won't be winning the following week. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, sounds good. And as I said before, thankfully I won't be anywhere near you. I'll be uh, two thousand k's away. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll give you a a score by score update. Just you know, uh, so we're in preparation for the podcast. After I might, I might, uh, might get a fishing charter out and uh, uh, just, make sure just be out of phone coverage. That's right. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. now that's good to me. The the Hawks had the buy, but um, tell me, tell me, have you um cast an eye over the team and and uh, done your mid season review of where well, they stand and what they need to do and who needs to be sacked? Well, I thought we might. Uh, well, the VFLW team needs to be sacked going out in straight sets uh, this year, losing to the Southern Saints by 16 points. The uh, VFLW Hawthorne Football Club media team needs to be sacked for not having any match reports or highlights or any article about the girls um, uh, apart from. Uh, the first AFLW training session and the team lineups that were released, obviously 24 to 36 mm. hours before the final. Um, so that's disappointing from the Hawthorne Football Club. Appreciate people may be on leave. However, yeah. every other organisation has to cover uh, when someone goes on leave. Yeah. No excuse for mine. Um, so very, very unhappy with that. Uh, and unhappy with the results, obviously uh, losing by 16 points to the Southern Saints out at Box Hill City Oval. Uh, after comfortably sitting in the top three teams uh, all year. Uh, as I said, the girls, unfortunately, bow out in straight sets. Yeah. Uh, pretty even game, to be fair. Uh, it was uh, 2-2-14 um, apiece at uh, quarter time. Uh, the Southern Saints skipped away to a excuse me, 14-point lead before the, uh, the Hawks struck back with two late goals in the first quarter. Um, and then... Uh, after that, it was the Southern Saints uh, kicking 3-2 to one goal in the second quarter uh, to take out a 14-point lead at, at halftime. Um, and from there, um, they managed to uh, 
continue with the pressure. It was a pretty even third quarter. It was uh, three goals, one apiece with a 14-point margin again at three-quarter time. Uh, although the Hawks managed to get in front for a short period, uh, kicking the first uh, three goals of the quarter. Um, and then from there, it was all Southern Saints who kicked, uh, obviously, the last uh, three goals of the game. Uh, in the last quarter, it was uh, two behinds to zero. So they ran out 16-point winners. Uh, definitely an upset given the form lines of both teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, as I said, uh, the Hawks uh, bow out much like their AFL men's counterparts who have bowed out in straight sets of two final series uh, since the 2015 premiership. Uh, so we're getting a bit too used to that, which is not good. Now we may have to yeah. start our own count as the uh, <laughs> last time a Hawthorne team mm. won a final. Although yeah. I will say the VFLW girls did win a grand final in 2018. So perhaps being a little unfair yeah. there. Uh, but uh, look, a great season by the girls. Uh, you know, you can't ask for much more than that coming into your inaugural AFLW season, of which I think there's at least 15 um, making it onto the list uh, with the draft coming up later this week, I think it is, mm-hmm. maybe early next week. Um, so fantastic effort by all involved, uh, just unfortunately uh, beaten uh, on the day. Uh, and hopefully the Hawthorne uh, Football Club sees fit to put up some reports and pictures and things from yeah. the game later this week. Um, so good luck to the girls as they transition into the AFL world. Uh, and for all those carrying on the AFLW flag, we look forward to uh, getting out there and, and supporting you come late August. Yeah. Um, the uh, Hawthorne men's team, um, I don't think anyone needs to be sacked just at the moment. Uh, I think the team are playing a lot better than what most people expected, particularly in the Hawthorne fans sector. Um, been very I think it's hard to say disappointing however we've been in winning positions in a lot of games and just haven't got the chocolates uh, and whether that's because of um, you know having a few injuries to key players um, you know we've, we've been without a ruckman for a lot of the or a few games this season Max Lynch has worked tirelessly in that regard um, despite suffering some of his own injuries mm-hmm. concussion and bee stings and COVID and whatever. Um, our forward line is taking shape definitely. So there's definite promise there with Jacob Kaczynski uh, and Mitch Lewis uh, and Jack Gunston coming back this year just showed what we missed last year. Yeah. Uh, he's been, I won't say a revelation, but um, you know, when a player misses a fair chunk of football, you just kind of forget exactly how good they are. Yeah, uh, He certainly fits the mold this year. Cause I was sort of thinking late last year, well, if Jack left and went chasing uh, a fourth premiership somewhere else would it be the worst thing? Probably not. Yeah. But uh, geez, I'm glad he's stuck around because <laughs> he's mm-hmm. such a good player. Um, and the same can be said for James Sicily. I think he's uh, rubber stamping his captaincy already next year. It would will not be a surprise if he uh, um, takes over from Ben McAvoy in 2023 as the Hawks skipper. Um, his form this year has been nothing short of sensational, um, and you would think. Uh, unless another major injury hits, uh, he will lock away his first All-Australian jumper off a half-back flank. Yep. Uh, so he's been brilliant. Um, and look, a lot of the young boys are showing a lot of promise. So there are two main draftees from last year, Connor McDonald and Josh Ward, have, have really showed signs that they're going to be good quality mm-hmm. AFL footballers. Uh, and they fitted in really, really well. 
and done some good things. Um, young uh, uh, Butler has come in. First game, I thought, oh, geez, he doesn't look like he's up to the mark just yet. Uh, but I think last week against Fremantle, he played a, a really good game and is showing you know, why he was drafted in the, in the sort of late 30s, early 40s. And uh, I think he's going to be a definite asset for us going forward. Uh, Dylan Moore continues to impress. Played a really good season last season, and this season has come out and, and done it again. He seems to be the first uh, first quarter specialist for kicking goals. So, mm-hmm. but uh, if he can get some consistency and kick goals across the full game, he'll be um, he'll be uh, a top notch player and a great uh, replacement for when the great Luke Bruce uh, retires, um, whenever that may be. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's still got another fifty or eighty games ahead of him, Luke Bruce. Um, and terrorising defences for a while yet, but yeah. uh, Dylan Moore will be a great replacement when that time comes. Um, and as for our back line, uh, I was really happy to see them draft a, uh, a key defensive player in the mid-season draft, because I think whilst we've got Frost and Hardigan uh, shoring up key defensive positions, they're still 28 and above in terms of age, mm. and it really only leaves Denver Granger Barras as a young key defensive, you know, post for the next 10 to 12 years so uh, hopefully him uh, and young blank can uh, can form a, a really good partnership over the next few years um so it'd be interesting to see i think the guys are doing really really well but uh it would be good to see uh them close out games admittedly we've had a pretty tough start to the year we've played all the teams in the eight uh and most of them who finished in the eight last year too so um We've got a very winnable stretch of six or seven games coming up. And I think our run into the end of the season has been rated as the second easiest um, in the competition. So now we've got to play uh, in our next five weeks. I think it is Bulldogs, Giants, Crows, uh, Eagles and North Melbourne. And the only game that uh, is not uh, in Melbourne is down at uh, Hobart against the Kangaroos. So, Oh, and sorry, the Giants is in Sydney. But um, all winnable games, if you look at it. Mm. And that could have us uh, just pushing for the bottom reaches of the eight, dare I say it. But uh, I think we're putting, putting the cart before yeah. the horse. Um, and I, I just hope, uh, you know, we've got uh, another uh, game against Richmond, I think, in the last round. I forget who else we have to play them um, in those other two games. But um, if we can break even and go, you know, four and four or four, five and four or whatever it is to finish off the season. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a pretty good result um, because we would have won eight or nine games, got some really good experience into the young kids uh, and, and a season under Sam Mitchell's coaching, which has also been really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made mention of it a couple of weeks ago with him and Justin Longmuir appearing to throw out the rule book of just playing our way and worrying yeah. about, you know, but actually coaching and setting up team structures to deal with the opposition strengths. Opposition. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm really enjoying and it's good to see. So hopefully uh, more coaches follow suit, but also hopefully uh, our boys uh, enjoy that change of structure and carry on next year. So very happy so far, Yeah, uh, but would have liked a couple more wins, most notably in round eight uh, against some flat dash (laughs) team who somehow managed to get a victory there. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) great result was too. (laughs) And, um, but you know, that's, that's the the way it is with young teams. So hopefully they come out of the bye and yeah. uh, bring a bit more joy. So mm-hmm. there we go. Before we end, uh, we're 
um, let's let's talk some tips for next, some early tips for next week, some early thoughts. Um, back to a full round of football, and I'm here for it. I, I it's it's hard when you've only got six games. I'm looking forward to a full nine games of football on the weekend. Yes, well, this is why I yeah. hope there's another team coming in because it'll be one buy a week and maybe yeah. a couple of weeks with mass buys to get everybody mm. through two buys. But yeah, yeah. anyway, another story. Thursday night, uh, Melbourne versus Lions. I think the break uh, couldn't have come at a better time for the Demons. Mm. Max Gordon did make a point, though. It's the shortest buy he's ever had because they only had nine days off. Yeah. So uh, I can see his point. I think uh, it's a bit rough on the Demons. However, um, I'm going to tip the Demons because it's at the MCG. But um, I think that the week will have given them a bit of time to deal with uh, what's going on. And yeah. the fact that Gould won't be playing for a few weeks, they can set up some structures to cover yeah. that. So, yeah. I yeah I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if Brisbane wins, but I think the right. um, the week off and just the time to relax and refresh. Yes, um, you know, Gorn won't be there, but um, I, I think the Demons get the job done. Yep. Uh, Bulldogs and Hawks Friday night double header. Uh, yes. Going the Hawks. Uh, no other reason than I support them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. You know, I know we don't talk about odds, but I am over eighteen, and I'm sure most of our audience is over eighteen. Um, I, I think the um, I don't think the I don't think the Hawks are as much outsiders as the odds would currently suggest. I think it'll be a much closer game than that. And um, yeah, I rate them a chance of um, if they play at their best, I rate them a chance of getting across the line. But you know, having said that, if um, the Bulldogs played the same way they did last week and have yeah. two players kicking five goals as well, then um, yeah, any team would struggle to sort of match that. So yeah, oh, they could easily win by eight goals. Let's be honest. But yeah, uh, but I'm going to yeah. pick the Hawks. Oh, thanks. I like yeah. it. Yeah, Eagles and Dons. Um, oh. form would say you go Essendon, but West Coast mm. played pretty well the other week. I wouldn't yeah. be happy about going to Perth this week if I were you. Mm. <laughs> no. To be honest, um, I will. I think I won't be as generous as you. I think I'll, I'll tip the Eagles, but. Um, Again, I think they're yeah. a bit long, long odds given mm. how they played against the Cats um, and the Bombers yeah. only beat well, the Saints. If, if Essendon only beat the Saints, only beat a team that's almost <laughs> top four, yeah, only beat the Saints. Yeah. Mm. Only yeah. only smashed a team that um, was knocking on the top four. No, um, look, but, you know, that's, you're right. Um, the Eagles played well and the Eagles always play well against Essendon and I still have... Um, bad memories of flying over to Perth pre-COVID for that fi- first final that was mm. at um, Optus Stadium and get, getting absolutely smashed. So um, if they play at their best and the best Essendon team doesn't turn up, it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles win. But if both teams are playing at close to their best, I think the Bombers have still got the talent there to get the job done. Yeah, I, for me, it's going to be based on team selection. So I think yeah. okay. So mm. yeah. Yeah. Carlton and the Dockers on Saturday oh. afternoon. This this round is throwing up some ripping games. Yeah. I mm. think Sunday, all of Sunday's games look belters, yeah. to be honest. Uh, yeah, well, you've got all the top eight sides playing against other sides in the top eight, so it's going to be some magical fifth, football. Yeah, only the fifth time since nineteen ninety four that this yeah. happened. So mm. hopefully it delivers. Uh, I'm going the Blues. I reckon because it's going to be because it's Docklands, you know, it's going to be dry. It's going to be um, no wind. I reckon the Dockers are still a better side and given that there's no potential mm. weather impacts um, to them, they should get the job done. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Cats and Richmond? Um, 
It's at the MCG. It is. Uh, going for the Tigers. Yeah, I Cat, think it's... Cats coming off a two-week mm. bye, so they'll yeah. struggle like yeah. they usually do. <laughs> yeah, I look, I, I feel sorry for the Cats sometimes when they've got to play their home games at the MCG, given that they've got that home, distinct home ground advantage. But, yeah, I think um, Richmond will get the job done there on Saturday, um, the Twilight game as well. Um, this one's an interesting one. Uh, Sydney and the um, the Saints on Saturday night. This is a complete toss-up, this one. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you tip? Um, Given how badly they both played last weekend, absolutely. Well, uh, just the, the capacity to um, turn up a really bad performance. Yeah. Um, I'll give St Kilda a little bit of an out. They're off a six-day break coming back from Brisbane. Um, and, uh, yeah, they had it picked up a few injuries in that game against the Lions. Mm. Um, so, oh, jeez. You have to go to the Swans, I think. Yeah. Well, that was shit house on Saturday. Yeah. But it yeah. is in Sydney and, yeah, um, yeah they were both pretty shit house. So I, I'm going to stick with the Saints too. Um, Sunday, we've got the Roos and the Crows. Yeah. We could legitimately see uh, West Coast and North Melbourne both win in the same weekend. Yeah. That's I, not a slide against the Bombers. It's just... I, 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 rate, I rate North's chances more than I rate West Coast's chances. Mm. But, yeah... Um, yeah, well, I, I still, yeah. Mm. I don't know, the Crows coming back from yeah. Gold Coast and down to Hobart. Uh, North Melbourne off the bye. Good chance to get things sort of semi-correct in their world. Um, I might go the Kangaroos. Yeah, I look, I, I, I'm leaning towards them. Again, depends on who comes out in selections on the yeah. Thursday as to where we end up. But um, yeah. I, I definitely rate them a chance. Yeah. Uh, Pies and the Giants. Oh, sorry, the uh, Essendon reserve side. <laughs> uh, given it is the reserve side, I have to go to the Pies. Yeah, I think the Pies um, at their best should easily account for the Giants. And um, to finish the round, Port Adelaide <laughs> and the Gold Coast Suns. See, this is also surprising why the Suns are so far out in mm. the betting. Um, yeah. I know it's in Adelaide uh, and Port come off a good win, but um, the Suns have been playing some pretty good footy and I think yeah. uh, I'm going to tip them. I'm leaning towards the Suns as well. I think um, they're, they're in form at the moment and um, Port Adelaide didn't meet, beat much last weekend. So I reckon the Suns are in with a chance. Yep. Me too. Okay. Well, that's been another episode of the Line in the Sand podcast. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and family. Please make sure you leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast channel and like our Facebook page, which is at Line in the Sand podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Good night, everyone.